I hear people say, but I've said this, that pastoring a church wouldn't be too bad if it wasn't for people. Guess what? If it wasn't for people, these guys would never get a chance. If it wasn't for people, we wouldn't have a congregation. So today, my job is to speak to you as a congregation. If we found a church described as Wall, uh, Waffle House was described, I want you to know that Satan, he fears that, and he works day and night to undo a church like that. Someone said that the Beatitudes, if Satan were writing them, would be something like this. Blessed are those who are too tired, too busy, too distracted to spend an hour once a week. Their fellow Christians, they're my best workers. Blessed are those Christians who waited to be asked and expected to be thanked. I can use them. Blessed are the touchy with a bit of luck. They may stop going to church. They're my missionaries. Blessed are the troublemakers. They shall be called my children. Blessed are the complainers. I'm all ears to them. Blessed is the church member who expects to be invited to his own church. For he's a part of the problem instead of the solution. Blessed are they who are easily offended, for they will soon get angry and quit. Blessed are you when you read this and you hear this and think that this is about somebody else and not you. I got you, Satan says. Well, the church should be what the world is not. And the church should be a place of unity. What is unity? It is the art of getting along. These guys know what it's like when we sit in staff meetings and <clears throat> Tristan has one idea and John has another and Darius is coming from Germany and his thoughts and Josh has his thoughts and then my thoughts and everybody else's thoughts. We realize that God made us all different with all different skill sets and different vision and different passion. Paul said in Romans 14, 19, so then let us aim or strive for harmony, unity in the church, and try to build each other up. Whose job is it to protect the unity of the church? Well, Paul says in Ephesians 4, be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourselves together with peace. I've, I've noticed this, and, and th since COVID has hit, it's, it's true. And some of you can vouch for that. When you were out there not coming to church, how'd you feel Sunday? Well, I got to hear you in my coffee and my robe and my slippers preaching on TV. Yeah, but what about coming to the church? You see, Satan knows that if he can keep you in the living room with the coffee in your hand and your robe on, keep, please God, put, keep your robe on, then he can begin one by one to pick you off. And when he separates you and picks you out, I promise you through his fiery darts, he will begin to destroy your life. Now, you guys looking for a message. Here's one that I'm not going to preach, but I'm going to give you the points. You see, the Bible teaches us that Satan's motive is division. His method is deception. And his mission is destruction. When you turn on the TV and watch the news, and you're watching these things having to do with the election, think about this. Motive, division. Method, deception. 
Mission destruction. Who in the world do you think is behind what's going on in the United States? It's not God. You see, you and I are in a very strategic time. And so in speaking to you what I believe that Jesus would say, he, ta- he, he shared with us in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, think of ways to encourage one another. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of the Lord is soon to come. Mike, do you really believe after all these years that we're in the last days? Absolutely. It's New Testament. Mike, do you really believe that Jesus is soon to come? I sure do. And and so does Jeff Laborde. Thank God somebody is, is out there preaching it. Today, when you talk about membership, people think about paying dues, secret rituals, or having their name on some invisible role that nobody ever sees. God never intended the church to be a private club, country club, or clique, or cult. The church is a body, and every member needs to be connected to the body. The church is a family, and every family member needs to be functioning, a functioning member in the family. Last night, back where Johnny and Gene Keith are standing, uh, Gerald Purvis called, and I was talking to him going through the door. We got talking about everything, and we, we just love to talk. My wife, she'll look at my phone every once in a while and say, what did you talk to Gerald Purvis an hour about? And I said, well, it was all kind of things. But there's one statement he made, and I want to throw it out to you. Today, the church is being tested. And he said it's being tested, Gerald did, on two fronts. One, faithfulness. Now, think about it. You hadn't long been in church. Golly, not all of us have long been back in church. But how many of us, not just faithful and sitting in a pew... But we're faithful enough that these guys, if they want to do something that God puts on their heart, that they can rely on you to, t- to, to stand up and jump in and help. Or are you just faithful to hear the word preached? So faithfulness is the first test, but second of all is faith in Jesus. We were kidding in the office earlier. I don't hear anything at all about pneumonia. I don't hear anything. I think all of the diseases before COVID have all been healed. And after next Tuesday, COVID is disappearing from language. Look, I know it's real. Josh faced two and a half weeks of it. Sam Johnson, who many of you know, was preaching in his pulpit. His whole family got it at one time. They're just getting over it. It's real. But it shouldn't be used as a political tool. And I'll leave that to politics. What about faith in Jesus? Well, I just can't come. I'm not going to say who this was. They'll know it because they know it texted it to me. But I just can't come to church. I got to go to work. And if a guy get knocked out, I'll be out of work two weeks. Can't afford it. Have you ever heard of Jesus not only saves, but heals? 
Have you forgotten that Jesus is the one that protects us? That takes care of us? Oh, you're going to walk around in fear with a mask and six foot distance all your life? If you think COVID's disappearing, you're crazy. So think about that. Chew on that. I only have one point. It's rare because I only got five minutes. Why should I be a member of a church? Well, a Christian who's not a member or part of a local church is like an organ without a body. It's like a sheep without flock. It's like a child without family. The Bible strongly shares with you and I that the church is used to be, and, and it refers to the local, visible, single congregation. Yes, I know the church won't save me. And yes, I know that it's, it, this is a building and that we're the church. I'm not a dummy. But everywhere Jesus went, he met with the church. He went into the temple and he taught and preached. He was constantly among God's people. Whether it be two or 2,400, doesn't matter. But we need to be connected to the church. You know, I believe God knew what he was doing when he said, do not, forsake the sel- do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And I believe it makes sense. But I'm going to share with you something that may even make more sense if the stats are correct of the percentages. Do not ride in automobiles that ca- they cause 20% of fatal accidents. Do not stay at home because 17% of all accidents occur in the home. Do not walk in the streets or sidewalks because 14% of all accidents occur to pedestrians. Do not travel by air, rail, or water. 16% of all accidents happen only by these types of transportation. But only 0.001% of all deaths reported Occur in the worship services of a church. Now I know some of you died during the middle of the sermon. And I can't help it. And you're revived during the invitation. (laughs) But the fact of it is. in In the church building is the safest place in the world. According to these stats. I've been pastoring now 42 years. And there's three groups of people that are in the church. They're the lookers. Who are the lookers? They're tire kickers. If I was... I was sell, selling cars, you would drive me crazy. Because all you want to do is kick the tire, waste my time, go home. But lookers are attenders. They're, 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 they come to the church. By the way, if you want to know the ones that aren't attending today, you said, I mean, it may hurt your feelings that I say this, but the lookers are at home. It's not the laborers. They're here working. So there's the lookers and the laborers, the servants, the committed. They're the core. And then the leaders. That's what we're here today. Speaking to the potential. And and, and by the way, I might add, these four guys are inexperienced. There's no question about it. But I don't know any four people in all the world that if I died at the end of this sermon, they could get you out of your mess if you just let them. I trust them that much. I believe that they could lead you. What is the church's job? It's to grow warmer through fellowship, deeper through discipleship, stronger through worship, broader in ministry, and larger through evangelism. 
And when we seek to fulfill that fivefold function of the church, we cease to be the church. We're just a club. We're just a group of people. Now I am going to finish in two minutes with this illustration. I love deep sea fishing, and I know I'm going to get to go in a few weeks unless I get COVID. But one, a man one time went on a boat deep sea fishing who couldn't swim. He caught an enormous fish, and he was so excited about that fish, he fell out of the boat. He started screaming and hollering and kicking, and the, cra- the captain grabbed him by the arm only to pull his arm off. He didn't know he didn't have a fake arm. So all of a sudden, he went under, came up screaming and hollering. Captain stayed calm, grabbed him by his leg. His leg came off. He didn't know he only had but one leg. So he dropped down deep, came up screaming and hollering, and, and the captain, still calm, grabbed the hair of his head and pulled the toupee off. Captain finally said, Sir, if you don't stick together, I can't help you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't stick together, these men, this pastor, or anyone else are not going to be able to help you. We got to stick together in Jesus. Amen? And we got to realize that there's a big plan in place to see people saved. And yep, Satan will do everything he can. He's tried every way in the world. And I almost give him opportunity several times to drown me. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't about me. This is about Jesus. And we're supposed to serve him. Somebody said coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is, a pro- is progress. But working together is success. And my prayer for us as people of faith is what does the church mean to you? And my might add, are you just a looker? Are you willing to be a laborer in the house of God? We need it. And there are people around you needing you to fulfill your gift, your spiritual gift that God's given you to serve in this community. Father, as our pianist comes to the stage, and as we just for a few moments seek to Look at ourselves. Bring our own lives under examination like these men yesterday. And Lord Jesus, the questions even brought me under conviction about my own life. My own commitment to relook at who I am. I pray, Father, that today, when each person goes out, they will have said, I'm a looker or I'm a laborer or a potential or leader I pray today that faithfulness is a part of who you are but it's a test we're being tested as a church and more than that our faith in Jesus that he will see us through this troublesome time he will see us through when As leaders, we get in trouble, or as leaders, we make mistakes, or we don't know what to do. Thank you, Lord, that you always had the answer. 
you always have the protection. If we trust you with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge you, you promise you will direct our paths. I pray, Father, as we spend this few moments in prayer, this time of invitation before these men come and we lay hands on them, Lord.